clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. You gotta kill your flesh, yeah, tell it to my face Riding on high, thinking I'm fly Not thinking about time, the limits the sky My mind on God, but full of pride Pride got me blind, but I learned in time I was a fool, fool with a bunch of flaws I was sitting on my high horse judging y'all Judging like I'm in a summer and I couldn't fall But time had a way of making me eat my thoughts And I had to face it Like the bulls I was tanking Till I was awakened This life ain't a race It's running with patience Moments are sacred I gotta give my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward No wasting time I gotta give my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward No wasting time So many think they got forever in a day so we play with this grace and reject his ways Like I try my way for a season time to play But some don't make it back from a backslidden place Now everybody's testimony is the prodigals Some dying see him trying to test how far his grace would go Seek him now while you spine him, please don't stray Let him be the God of your youth and not just old age And not conform, that's when our witness ceases Gotta trust him, we can't let this world deceive us Redefining what it means to be believers You can know church without ever knowing Jesus' time Wasted cause we think we have abundance But life's a vapor then comes judgment It don't matter Who's your family or your last name If you're not covered in the blood of the lamb slain I gotta get my time back Can't waste it Pressing forward, no wasting time I gotta get my time back Can't waste it We can't be here forever no wasting time Eagles fly alone Seagulls flying packs So if you feeling lonely Maybe there's purpose in where you at. Just give it time. God heals everything in time. God lifts heavy things in time. I'll hit 70 in time. The older I get, the colder the shoulder I give to things that waste my. The more time passes, feel like it moves faster. You never get it back, so I take my time. It's not money, money can't compare to. Well, I run out of time if I stay ahead of time. It flies, life is like crit tonight. Don't waste your guys. I gotta get my time back. Gotta get my time back. Can't waste it. Pressing forward, no wasting time. I gotta get my time back. Can't waste it. Pressing forward, no wasting time. Welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, that song was Time by Path of Revelation featuring our sister Katrina Campbell and our brother Darren Donaldson. Listen, it's available on all digital outlets. But listen, I wanted to start off this show with that song because I believe it's so fitting. Um, 
in the times that we're in, go figure time, I feel like it's so important that we as believers examine ourselves. And even if you don't profess to be a believer, I would encourage you to look over your life and look at what you believe. And and listen, I as I get older, as I get older, the more I see that things don't stay the same. As I get older, the more I see that the only thing that remains consistent or the only one who remains consistent and never changes and never fails is God. Jesus never changes. He never fails. Yeah, there's disappointments and things that we'll encounter and go through. There will be major disappointments and trials that we may face. But one thing that God never does is fails. And I've learned that even in the challenging times and the ups and downs that God will use those things to develop us for our good. And, and listen, this show today is for those who have felt like giving up. Have you ever felt like just throwing in the towel? Have you ever felt like you're just been a punching bag to life? <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I've been there before. I've been there plenty of times. And one of the reasons why I wanted to start this show off with the song Time is because I've seen so many people become weary and well-doing. The Bible says don't be weary and well-doing. You know, for, you know, don't faint. The Bible is constantly encouraging us to endure and keep going. But I've seen so many people start out well, start out strong. And now they're not even Christians anymore. They, they've walked away from the Lord. They've, they've walked away from uh, biblical fellowship and, and accountability. And now they're, they're either holding to um, don't know what they believe or they're, they're, they've gravitated to heretical and cultish beliefs. And, I, and I've seen so many people um, walk away from the faith. And so it, is, it, has, it has caused me to really look at my life and the areas where I can become better because that's something that we have to learn how to do. We can't be so critical of others that we fail to look at other people's failures and use that as an opportunity to see what we can be doing better. And so that's something that I've been learning to do as well. But I want to encourage you guys today to endure, endure to the end. Like when we look at um, the parable of the sower in Matthew uh, chapter 13, all, they all started well, all the ground, the ground all started well, but over time, as tribulations and trials happen, we saw that the only ground that produced fruit was the good ground. And so what am I saying? Life has its way of changing and throwing curveballs at you. 
And as everything else changes, one thing that we have to make sure doesn't change or remains is our trust in our stance in the Lord. Our faith in the Lord has to remain. The Bible lets us know that out of the heart flows the issues of life. And so there are constantly things that are competing for our affection. There are constantly things that happen. Disappointment, man, so many. Listen, and I've shared this before in the past, but, you know, for a span of like three years, I'll say from like 2000, 2016, maybe all the way through to the beginning of 2019. And it, it may have went even further back than that. I dealt with anxiety. I dealt with depression. I dealt with fear and I did. And it was really spurred on from disappointments in my life. Me having a feeling of, man, I should be further along, man. I didn't take advantage of that opportunity. Now my family and myself, I don't have my family where they should be. And there was so much disappointment. There was so much frustration. There was even anger and bitterness and things that I was holding on to that I had to learn how to give to the Lord, how I, the Bible says to cast your cares um, to the on the Lord, for he cares for you. And so I had to learn how to give those things over to God, because what happens is we can start out well. You could start out on fire for God. You can start out preaching and witnessing to everybody. And then when life starts hitting you, when disappointment starts coming, when disappointment comes, when anxiety and depression and fear, all of these emotions start coming. What happens is flesh and our emotions has a tendency to want to take control of what we should be giving to God. And so I had to learn how to surrender those things over to the Lord. And it wasn't it was a process. And that's one. And that's something that I have to say, like, just like we have to stop expecting people to change overnight. We have to stop expecting people to grow overnight <laughs> because you didn't. I didn't. There was a process like we if you can look back at at your journey and in the areas that you're strong in and what it took most of the times, the areas that you're strong in or mature in, you didn't get there overnight. For some of us, it was years of stumbling and thinking the wrong way. And so we have to learn how to love people, correct them in love, pray for them and allow people room to grow and not be over overly critical of people's process. But listen, I want to start off reading this scripture because I think it's so important. And again, this show is for if you if you feel like throwing in the towel, if you just feel overwhelmed and 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 just feel like giving up, this show is for you. When we look at Matthew chapter 24, we're going to start at verse five through 13. This is Jesus talking about the end times before his return and how things will look. 
And I just want you guys to pay attention to some of the details or the details in these scriptures and see how these things we can our society can literally relate to what is being said in the scriptures. When we look at Matthew chapter 24, verse five through 13, it says, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. Verse six. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed for this must take place. But the end is not yet for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be families and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up, believer, to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Listen, I just want to stop right there because some of us in America, we we and I was having this conversation with my wife earlier. We in America, we tend to live in a bubble. And what I mean by that is. What happens in our bubble, we automatically sometimes think that that is the reality for everyone else or we we're just oblivious to what's happening in different countries. And man, there's Christians being killed by by terrorist groups like Boko, Boko Haram and the Taliban and ISIS, I should say. Um, there are there are there's Christian persecution happening in, in places like China and and things of that nature that we are completely oblivious to because if it's not reported on our everyday news stations or showing up on our timelines, for many of us, it's not happening. But it says when we look at verse, go back to verse um, nine, it says, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. I'm going to say that again. And because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. We're seeing that happen. I've never saw in my life seen so many hateful Christians. It's like we've put our faith in Christ to the back burner in the name of our political agendas, our political stances. We've put Christ to the back burner for our flesh and our emotions. We have put Christ to the back burner for our ethnicity and our skin. And in times of great turmoil, what I, one thing that I've learned is eat, you're going to cling to whatever your idol is. <laughs> you're going to turn like sometimes God uses hard times to show us what's really in us. See, temptation isn't just an opportunity to fall. But temptation is an opportunity to recognize what is wrong with you and turn to Christ. And so, in other words, temptation 
And trials isn't just an opportunity to fall, but it is an opportunity to do what is right. See, we have to change our perception of temptation and affliction. We have to change our mindset concerning the things that we're going through and understand that if God is truly in control, even the bad things that I see is not out of his reach. Even the bad things I see is not outside of his sovereignty. And so we have to have this confidence that, yes, he is working all things together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. But I want to continue. And it says, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And here it is, verse 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. See, we have to understand something. And hear me, this is so important. We're not just saved, but we're being saved. What do I mean? When we turned away from our sins and put our trust in Jesus, we were saved in that moment. But after we are saved, there is a process of endurance and sanctification. That means we have to go through some things and we have to um, surrender different parts of ourselves to the Lord that we may still be holding on to. There may be pride. There may be bitterness. There may be jealousy. There may be some things in us. That is foreign to the purpose and the will of God, that even though we are saved, we have to allow God to deal with those things in ourselves. And what I mean by that is we have to be proactive in denying ourselves. And in that process is not just about we're not just saved in this moment. But the reason why I said we're being saved is because our mind is being renewed. The Bible says, though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. And so our minds have to be renewed every day. (laughs) It's a war. It's a war between ungodly thoughts and godly thoughts. And the reality is whatever we feed the most, if we're feeding our spirit, man, the things of God, the word of God, prayer, fasting, then our spirit man will be strong and will have the authority over our flesh. In other words, we will have the discipline to say no to the ungodly things. But on the other hand, if we're feeding our flesh, feeding our emotions and our will and in our and our and our sinful desires, then when it's time for our spirit man to submit to God, we will find things more challenging. Because we have been feeding our flesh. And so in this, our minds are being saved because our minds are being renewed, even though we are a new creature in Christ. And so, listen, one of the things that I've learned is in our process, man, we it's not about how you start. And I, I know I keep saying that, but we have to endure to the end. And so before I really, really, and I know I'm already kind of going in, but before I really transition to the next, some other parts of this topic, I want, I I really wanted to talk about 
this today. And I think this point that I'm about to make is so important for us to understand is that ultimately the the devil does not want our stuff. I'm going to say that again. Ultimately, the devil does not want our stuff. Ultimately, the devil does not want our house, our cars, our money, our careers. Ultimately, what the devil wants is our faith. Of course, we see instances in scripture where God allowed the enemy, like in the case of Job, God allowed the enemy to take everything that he had to kill his family and strip him and afflict his body. But ultimately, the devil's goal was to get Job to forsake God, to turn his back on God. And so that we see instances like that. But ultimately, the devil isn't after our stuff. He's after our faith. He wants us to turn away from Christ. You know, so for for some of us, for some of you listening today, this is not going to be your typical motivational sermon. I believe you're going to you're going to leave this show encouraged and may have already been encouraged. But this is this isn't going to be your typical motivational sermon that you may be used to to listening to. Because we have to understand that the devil will give give us everything that we want. If it means we forsake God, he'll give us the house, he'll give us the cars, he'll give us the girl or the guy. He'll give us things that we desire. He'll give us the the religion that we desire or the form of Christianity that we want. As long as it results in us rejecting God, this is why Jesus said, what does it profit a man to gain the world, but lose his soul? Even when we look in Matthew chapter four, Satan offered Jesus the kingdoms of the of the earth. And so the enemy will give you what you desire in hopes of causing you to turn away from God. And so the enemy doesn't just use disappointment, but he'll he'll become your personal genie. And in the last episode, I talked about the reprobate mind, how ultimately, ultimately, God is going to give everyone what they want. And so we have to make sure that God remains our number one desire. That all other desires bow to that desire. He has to truly be number one. And so whether my desires or my disappointments, I can't allow anything to take his place because I have to endure to the end. And so when I when I encourage you not to give up. Understand this encouragement not to give up is a specific encouragement. It's not I'm not being vague. I don't want to be vague. We have so much vague preaching nowadays where you can just take the, the message and apply it to whatever you want to apply it to. That's not what this is today. When I encourage you not to give up, I'm encouraging you not to give up on God. Stay with God. Stay with the Lord. 
And so when I encourage you today not to give up, I'm reminded of Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 through 13, which encourages us to finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Listen. The enemy has everyone fighting each other. Everybody's pointing the finger at each other. Everybody's Donald Trump is the enemy. Joe Biden is the enemy. <laughs> Everybody's fighting each other. It's the Republicans. It's Black Lives Matter. It's, it's the Democrats. Everybody's fighting each other while the enemy is just sitting back smiling. Because we're ignoring who the real enemy is. We're ignoring that this war is spiritual. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Listen, the enemy uses people. And he ought, and he uses people in power. Even like when we look in the scriptures in, I believe, in Ezekiel 27, when it's talking about Satan and describing Satan. Notice how as it's describing Satan, it, 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 it intertwines it with the prince of Persia. And so what the scripture is letting us know that Satan it's the influence behind the prince of Persia. Like even I believe in Daniel, when it talks about how Daniel's prayers were held up and how I believe it was Michael, the archangel, when he finally came to Daniel, he says, my your we God heard your prayer the first day that you prayed. But he says your prayer and I'm speaking in layman's terms now, he says, but your prayers were held up. We were withstood by the by the prince of Persia. And so he's talking. This angel is saying that he's referring to an earthly being, but within a spiritual context. And so the scriptures constantly let us know that the enemy uses people, principalities, powers, rulers, when you look at the term principality, that that speaks of structure and ranks. And so while we're fighting each other. One of the biggest tricks of the enemy is as we're fighting each other, no one's looking in the mirror. No one's repenting of their sins and, and saying, hey, I'm in need of prayer. I'm in need of. Of, of, of forgiveness. I need to, I need the forgiveness of the Lord. I'm a, I'm a wretched sinner. Nobody's repenting, but yet everybody's an expert at pointing out what's wrong with one another.
The world has never been more self-righteous <laughs> in my time of living, it seems like. And maybe it's just because I'm older now that I'm noticing things that I didn't notice before. But when we look in the scriptures, one of the consistent themes throughout scripture is endurance. And when we look at the word endure, it means to suffer patiently, not just suffer, but to suffer patiently. And so when I look at this, this when we when we see the word patiently, when God is um, requiring patience from us, this should let us know that even in the bad things we go through or experience that God has a purpose to use these things for our good as long as our hearts stay fixed on him. That's the key. Our hearts have to stay fixed on him. I, I always would tell people, man, whether I live for God or don't live for God, I'm going to go through stuff. Why go through stuff not trusting God? Like it doesn't make it's better to go through stuff trusting God than not to trust him. Because at the end of the day, we're all going to we're going to all experience hardships we're going to all go through something go through things that are hard and so god has a purpose even in our suffering he tells us to be patient because in our patience he's perfecting us i'm gonna say that again in our patience he's perfecting us so we have to be confident what the what the devil meant for evil because there's no doubt some of the things that some of you are dealing with is evil. But what the devil meant for evil, he he meant for our good. And so I can't allow what the devil meant for evil to get the best of me by me not trusting in God. Because when I trust in God, what he meant for evil, what the devil meant for evil, God uses it for my good. And so when we look at like James chapter one, verse two through four, he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Listen, that doesn't even make natural sense. Hold on. Why are you telling us to count it all joy when when things are going crazy in our lives? Why are you telling us to count it all joy when 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 trials are hitting us left and right? If it doesn't seem like it's one thing, it's another. I remember I will always hear my parents say that. And, and once I became older and had, I, I began to sound just like them. It's like one thing after another. But he, the reason why he tells us to count it all joy, let's continue reading. He says, knowing this, <laughs> that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Verse four, but let patience have her perfect work oh listen y'all that's enough to shout right there he says let patience have he doesn't just say let patience have her work he says let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfected and entire wanting nothing see there is light at the end of the tunnel 
And we also have to understand that God is in the tunnel with us, even in the dark. <laughs> he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When everyone else forsakes us and when, when, when those we love hurt us, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For my love is everlasting. My love is unchanging. See, I've learned that endurance is one of the prerequisites for following Christ. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three through four says, thou therefore endure hardness. My God, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, verse four, no man that war entangles himself with the affairs of this life. In other words, no good soldier gets distracted and thrown off track by the affairs of this life. Continue on reading that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. I've seen so many people, and I know I said this in the beginning, but I want to say it again after giving you guys more context of this message. I've seen so many people start out strong, on fire. And then when the affairs of this life begin to hit them <clears throat> in time, they did not let patience have her perfect work. And they turned away from Christ or they begin to worship a different Jesus. A Jesus not found in the scriptures. They begin to shape Jesus in their likeness in their image instead of being conformed to his likeness in his image and so I've seen so many soldiers drop out <laughs> but I want to encourage you today even in the midst of the madness and, and things that are going on in the world today don't let the craziness of this world cause you to lose sight of the fact that you are more than a conqueror through Christ. We can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. It seems like the church has lost sight of the main thing. We've been focused on our season and our blessings so much. We've been focused on our, our jobs and our cars and our houses and our, what we want for our family so much that we've put these things in front of Christ. We've actually made an idol out of the things that we're asking him for. And in doing so, we've made God a genie. And because we've made God a genie, when times get hard, when times get rough, we don't have any true depth in our relationship with him because our relationship has always consisted of what we expect him to give us and never a deeper love and affection for him. This is why Colossians chapter three, hallelujah, verse two says, set your affections on things above, 
not things on this earth. Jesus said, if you love your mother more than me, if you love your father more than me, if you love your brother and sisters more than me, you're not even worthy of me. There's nothing more important than Jesus. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that we sacrifice our responsibilities to our families in the name of ministry. That's not what I'm saying. Because if 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 a man doesn't take care of his home, the Bible refers to him as an infidel. But we have to put everything in his proper perspective. And allow Christ to continue to reign on the throne of our heart in the good and the bad. That's why Paul in Philippians chapter four, as he's in the prison, he says, I've learned how to be content in whatever state I'm in. He says, well, I got these chains, and I'm speaking in lamest terms because he was writing from a prison cell. As I got these chains on my wrist, as I as I got these chains on my ankles, he says, man, I've learned the secret of contentment or, or, or gratefulness. And that is in whatever state I'm in, I've learned to praise God. I've learned to glorify God. He says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. He's saying this while he's in a prison cell. And that is consistent with the Old Testament scripture. I don't remember exactly where it's at, where it says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, when you're going through what you're going through, when you're going through the fire, the last thing your flesh and your emotions wants to do is thank God and praise God. But we have to pull our flesh into subjection to the things of God. And we have to say, flesh, you're going to lift your hands. God, I praise you. I know things don't look right. I know things may not be going my way, but God, I glorify you. God, I thank you for your blood. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for your redemptive work. God, I glorify you. Things may not look the way I want them to look. But if you never do another thing for me, you are more than worthy of the praise. Even if I had a thousand tongues, it would not be enough. Listen, we have to learn how to give God the praise even in the worst of times. And sometimes the discipline that we need to give God praise in the worst of times starts with us turning down a plate. We have to learn how to not just pray. Not just say thank you, God, we have to we have to take things to the next level. We have to learn how to pray and fast. We have to learn how to to pull our flesh into subjection to the things of God, because what you sow, you shall reap. And so I've learned sometimes we can we, we have to make sure that we're positioning ourselves for the win. Sometimes we can guard everything but our hearts. Giving ourselves to be consumed by bitterness and unforgiveness, disappointment. And these things become the small foxes in our lives that destroy the vines. These become the foundation for error in our lives. Revelation doesn't come to a bitter heart, but a submitted one. Sometimes a big part of trusting God is trusting him with your hurt and your disappointments. Don't let unchecked bitterness and unforgiveness or disappointment cause you to abandon sound doctrine. And if I could be, listen, 
don't don't allow these things to throw you off track. Be encouraged and know that he's working it out for your good. Listen, I I want to read share this last scripture with you. And I and I believe that it is going to be life to you. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 36 it says, "Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. See, the enemy wants you to throw away your confidence. And the fastest way that the enemy can get us to throw away our confidence is by causing us to focus on the trial, on the greatness of the trial, not the greatness of our God. The fastest way the enemy can get us to throw away our confidence is to get us to focus on what we don't have versus the fact that we have everything in Christ. And so it says, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Listen, the race as Ecclesiastes, I believe, 9 and 11, it says the race isn't given to the swift nor the strong. But it, it is it chant it happens to us all. We're all in this race. And it doesn't matter what our attributes are. It doesn't matter how physically strong you are. It doesn't matter what community or or what city you're from or what family you grew up in. The race is going to go to the one who trusts in the Lord. Who endures to the end. So be encouraged and know that God is 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 on your side as you be, as you trust in him, as you as you continue. Don't be weary in well doing. If it's bitterness, if it's unforgiveness. If it's some some of us are mad at God, I know I've been there. God, why did you allow this to happen? Why did you why did you? Why did you allow me to make this mistake or why didn't you set me up and to, to not be where I'm at now? Like, why did you let this happen? Like some of us are actually mad at God. And we and we don't even realize it. We need to give the, our discipline. We need to come clean. Confess our faults. That's something that I've, I've look, I, I, tr I try to keep it real with God as real as possible, because that's a part of having confidence. God, listen, I know I'm, I know I have things about me that's not right, but I'm I'm bringing them to you because you said that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and favor in the time of need. And so we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But he was tempted in all manners, even as we are tempted, yet without sin. So Jesus understands. And the and the hardships that we experience, though it may seem like forever, is not forever. I'm going to leave you with this last scripture and. And you guys have probably heard me 
mention this scripture and, and, and it just encourages me. It's in Matthew, I believe, chapter 16, verse 33. He says, for in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. So if you don't know Christ, and I just want to say this before I wrap it up. If you don't know Christ, give your life to him. Repent of your sins and put your trust in Jesus. If you say some of you might say I'm a believer, but I know I'm not where I need to be. I know I've backslid and I've, I've been angry at God. I've been angry at people in my life. I've, I have bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart from di di different disappointments. And, 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 and I know I'm not where I need to be. Now is your sh this show is for you. God is calling you to to calling you to repentance. He's calling you to to a higher place. And he's not condemning you. <laughs> See, that's the beauty of the Lord. See, see, see sin in this world wants to condemn us and say, we, hey, you deserve hell. You, you don't God, Jesus didn't die for you. You, there's no forgiveness for you. No, but, but the Lord says, he says, I did not come to condemn the world, but I came to save the world. And so we can come to him and, uh, and know that he is welcoming them welcoming us with open arms just as the father of the prodigal son which was really a foreshadowing of Christ because some of us are like the prodigal son we get off track sometimes we've gotten off track we've lost sight of him we've 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 given more attention to idols in our lives and the lord is saying i'm welcoming you back because i love you and so Let's get it right. I'm going to pray out. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for the listeners today. I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. Oh, God, I pray that you encounter them wherever they may be, whether they're listening in their car, whether they're listening in the gym, whether they're listening in their room or their home. God, I pray, God, that you meet the listener right where they are right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray, God, that your tangible presence rest upon them now. Oh, the peace of God that passes all understanding. Oh, you are faithful, God. Hallelujah. Oh, how you love us. Oh, God, I thank you, God, for your redemptive power. That's it. Some of you are just like, that's it. Just lay it out there. Sometimes you don't even have to say a lot. Sometimes your 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 mouth cannot even speak. What your heart is communicating in hours like in, in a time like this to the Lord. Man may look on the outward, but God sees the intent of our hearts. Some of us repented before we even opened up our mouth because we were convicted and we we answered the, the the loving conviction of the Holy Ghost. God, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your strength. Oh, God, clothe, clothe us in your wisdom. For wisdom is the principal thing. Help us to endure to the end. 
In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And listen, guys, I thank you guys for tuning in. Please go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave your prayer requests and questions for future shows. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. 